0: Today we're going to talk about devices in your classroom and some tricks and tips of how to manage those to maintain your sanity.
1: So I mean there's there's really three kind of things we're going to talk about here. Um, We're going to talk about situations where you're one-to-one where you have a constant access typically in your classroom to a device whether it's an iPad whether it's a laptop something like that. Then we're gonna talk about a situation which is more, I guess you'd call it more two to one or laptop cart situation. Something like that that's shared amongst many classrooms so many kids would be using the same device. And then we're gonna talk about the commonalities between the organization, setups and management of those systems. Um, a one to one situation, you'll typically have a cart or a large box or bin or shelving unit with your laptops in them.
0: Or it could be that you're in a middle school and your kids just bring the laptops in with them or yeah. the device if they're an iPad school.
1: Yeah, so they would have them with them at all times. Regardless, what you want to do, first off, is make sure that there is a labeling system somewhere in your room that is labeled the kids' names, which is different from the 2 to 1, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Um, you want to explicitly have the kids' name on it because no matter if you're a middle schooler, or grade one, they're gonna lose something at some point,
0: and they or they're all gonna get look the same, and
1: they're gonna look like someone's gonna get someone else's by accident. Yes, and that's going to be a thing.
0: Oh, it's gonna cause meltdowns.
1: Yes, so you want to make sure that you have it clearly labeled who owns which one, and typically there'll be some sort of numbering system from your IT department that tells you know this is this kid's computer don't rely on those numbers you definitely want to have the kids names or if they have a class number 1 to 22 1 to 3 23 depending on how many kids you've got in your room it's clearly labeled what who owns which one yeah less confusions um, you want to be constantly reinforcing and letting kids know about the laptops being in the room and how they're not always going to be taken out you want to make sure that they're aware that they're a tool just like a pencil and that, I, the, the thing is, when, you, when it's in the room, there is an expectation from the kids that they'll come out more often because they're right there. But you have to remember that they need to be reinforced with the idea that it's a tool, it's something that doesn't always have to come out. And we understand that especially in middle school where they carry them around, if you're in that sort of situation, they may feel like they should always take them out. And if, and if you're in lower primary or upper primary, where they may not be always out, they may be in a shelving unit, that they're not always coming out, so there's a bit of a difference there. If they're carrying them around, they have the expectation that I can open this whenever I want to, and I think it needs to be reinforced in both situations. No, this is just, it's not the savior education, it's not something that needs to be always done. There's a time and place for it.
0: Similarly, teachers, that goes for you too. Yep. They're just because you've got access to these things does not mean that you need to be using them every lesson. No. There are many times when it does not serve your purposes to actually have those devices out.
1: I am in my, we are in the second week of school right now, for me at least. Third week for me. And my laptops have not come out yet, simply because there has not been a lesson that's really required them, and there's a lot of training to be done on them first. Plus, the Responsive Use Agreements, which we'll get into later, Only got them all back through the day, so that's just another thing. Um, Another another procedure we want to talk about is the idea of how they come out. Now, when you're in a one-to-one situation, the the idea, the, the ability to reinforce this procedure, is more osmotic because you're doing it more often because they're in the room, and you often have the time to spend. Well, let me rephrase that. You have have the ability to have the time to spend on taking them out and putting them back in appropriate ways without even doing it. Matter of fact, one of the first lessons I do with my kids is we don't even open the laptop. We literally take it out, bring it to our desks, and put it back.
0: And that's exactly what I did with my kids in the first week. So we're in week three, but in the first class, the last 10 minutes of the period, because I'm a specialist, so my first period is basically, Hi, here's who I am, this is who you are, let's do a tour of the room so you understand where everything is. Okay, now we're going to practice getting the laptop out, and we're going to practice putting the laptop away.
1: Yeah, and they may get really excited to get their hands on that laptop. Oh,
0: but, did they but ever. the
1: lid stays closed. It sure did. Yep, and that, and that and in doing so also reinforces a lot of the philosophies. Uh, behind what your environment looks like during this time, but we'll get into that in a few minutes once we've covered some from some of the one to two stuff. You've got a bit more time constraints on that simply because you're sharing it.
0: Yes, and it could be that you maybe you've got the devices in your classroom, but it's not a full class set. Yeah. Or maybe you need to go to the other side of the school and borrow the cart and wheel it down.
1: Regardless, you a few. Uh, there's a good few things that change. One thing, you might have a different labeling system. It might be more like a rotation of numbers, or it might be a color label system instead of the students' names, because they're respond- you don't want to, Because you don't want to cover the top of the laptop with everyone's, every kid's name who's using it.
0: Because that could be 600 kids. Yeah,
1: And you also want to make sure that they're aware of a consistency. If they don't have that consistency if, because the students' names aren't on there, then... They won't know what to do every time. So, a color and label system, a numerical labeling system, something like that will, will do the job there. Um, your workflows won't be as consistent with this because they're not always taking them out.
0: But they are equally as important. Yes.
1: So you may have a visual on your cart that's a school-wide policy for how the laptops or iPads or whatever come out of the cart and get put back.
0: And if you don't then you might want to take some initiative and do it yourself. Yeah. One of the things you, as some really basic is every laptop gets a number or every device gets a number and every slot has a number. Yeah. And just make sure that the correct devices go into the correct slots. And then at the end, because you know somebody else is wanting to use those, do make sure and have a student do this because you don't need to, do make sure that everything is plugged in again.
1: Yeah. And you have a job, like, now we're kind of venturing into the world of what's commonality between both programs. First one is that very thing. It's the idea that you should have a job role in either situation that is about making sure the laptops are put together properly. In a one-to-one situation, that job role may be more consistent and it may be a weekly role. Um... In the one-to-two program, it might be a bit less. It might be just telling a student, can you please go check the laptop cart?" Or there might be a, you know, X number of times where, like, for the next three times, you two have the job of making sure all the laptops are plugged in, they're put in the right slots, when we're done with them.
0: Yep. And it could be even be something as simple as just asking a random student in your class to do it and not actually having it as an official job on the job board, Yeah. but just making sure that it's done and it's not something that you need to do.
1: The environment has to be a similar space. So what we recommend, we recommend a few things for the environment when dealing with a device.
0: Number one, liquids and laptops don't like each other.
1: No, iPads are the same way.
0: If you are in a classroom with desks, then you may want to have the liquids like the water bottles be put on the floor as long as those devices are on the tables. If you're a specialist and you don't have tables in your room, then you may want to designate a single wall where all the water bottles go against the wall and so they're nowhere near those devices. Yes.
1: Um, If you're in a classroom environment, a more traditional one with desks in it, you may also want to have uh, have any food or anything like that cleaned up, cleaned off. It away, no scraps on tables, anything like that. Anything that could be a distraction or could harm the computer should be nowhere near it.
0: Yeah. So that means that if you've got visual art and then you're using laptops right afterwards, clean up the visual art. Yep. The paint, the papers. the papers, the glue, and all the sticky residue.
1: Yep. No one wants a sticky computer. Oh, and another big one is if you know your kids have just eaten lunch or a snack. They should wash their hands before they use the device. No one likes a bit of orange stickiness on the la- on the keyboards, because that will actually mess up that key that key or keyboard quite nicely. Yeah. So, so kids should be washing their hands prior to using it. Plus, it's just good hygiene. Keyboards are well known to be one of the biggest sources of bacteria in your house.
0: Far worse than anything you find in your bathroom.
1: Yep. So bear that in mind. Also, if there's germophobes out there, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um... Another thing you want to make sure that you reinforce is the responsible use agreements or policies of your school. No matter what, these things are key. And two to one, one to one, doesn't matter how many devices you've got. It's important.
0: Yes, it is. And it things like that cover everything from what happens when they do something naughty on the Internet, right through to how they should be walking with that device in their hands. Yeah. And then within the classroom, if you are not in a one-to-one situation, well, you want to think about how are the kids going to be sharing those devices? Because sometimes, you know, for instance, they're working on typing something out. Well, is it one person doing all the typing? Is it one, are they doing a sentence each? How is that going to be shared so that it doesn't become World War Three?
1: Yeah. So just make sure you reinforce the uh, Responsible Use Agreement. Going over some basic procedures that you can use in either setting to get the computers out and back. Uh, one common one that we see a lot is you have the job role open up the cart or whatever it is. Then you call students up. You may call your even-numbered students. You may call them by table, regardless. But you should never just send your mass class on to get the to get the devices. Oh,
0: scary. No, yeah,
1: it creates hassles do it by table group do it by you know student number do it by color something or have a table manager where one person is responsible for getting the laptop they just go ferry them back and forth it might take a bit more time but that gets them there max safe yes second thing you want to reinforce is two hands on laptops all times yep the only reason i as a teacher can do one hand is because my hands are big
0: but that's still technically not safe yes, because so, you could still drop it.
1: Yes. So when I'm with my kids, I do do two hands on, simply because it models the it models the behavior for them. So if I'm moving around in the classroom, I will put my two hands on the laptop and move it back and forth. Really make sure you do that. Yeah. Modeling it shows them what to do, and if they don't do it right, send them back, put the laptop back, and try it again really reinforce and manage and push that idea that two hands on laptops at all times
0: and when you're moving through the classroom and you have a laptop in your hands you are walking it doesn't matter how exciting that thing on the screen is yeah you've got to walk with it
1: yeah and also reinforce them and this is a silly one but that nothing goes on the laptop when you have two hands on it if you're holding it like a tray (laughs) a lot of kids will be inclined to go hey i gotta carry something else i'm gonna put a book right on top of the top of the laptop You've got to make sure they don't... That's a, that's a huge thing that they don't do. It can damage the screens. Mm-hmm. It can damage the device. So, really reinforcing that I, all of those procedures over and over and over again. Um,
0: if you are a specialist teacher, you need to make a walking zone. Yes. So, your laptops, you'll you might have everybody clustered in the middle of the room and if somebody needs to get up and walk somewhere, they need to go all the way to the outside edge of the group and walk around rather than stepping over everybody and all of those
1: laptops. Yes. Path of least resistance. Yes. If they're moving throughout the room, they shouldn't be hopping, jumping, or moving others or other students, especially ones using laptops at the same time. That can cause laptops to fall. Yes. You also want to reinforce that yes, occasionally mistakes happen and laptops drop, but it's not the end of the world and they should not, you know, have a meltdown because they dropped their laptop. Sometimes those accidents do happen and you gauge each one differently, but provided there wasn't malintent, you create that safe and secure environment where it's not an okay thing, but it's not a thing that they're going to get sent to the principal for, or, you know, it's you reinforce.
0: Yes, in as positive a way as possible.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So now, you've got kids in the class, whether they're at desks or on the floor, and they may be grouped together on a single device, they may each have their own device, and now you want to talk to them. How are you gonna do it?
1: Uh, there's a couple of different phrases that various people use. Um, to get my class to quiet down, I'll count down from five or do the whole thing. It's a classic. You guys, that, we're not here to talk about classroom management from that perspective. What we are here to talk about is what happens when you got their attention. Someone's gonna want to go off attention because they got a screen in front of them. Absolutely. And there's various ways you can describe it. Um, I call it going half mast. Uh, where they turn their screens to halfway where they can't see them. And again, then you need to keep an eye on which little hands will go underneath the keyboard to finish things off, even though they can't see the top. Yep. See the screen., uh, but half mass is one I way I describe it. Other people kind of go halfway or
0: I call it half close. some people call it forty five year screens. Some people say black your screens because if you're on a tablet device, yeah, You can't half-close that. Nope. So they say black your screens. The other thing that I will say, though, because I've got laptops when I've got devices in my room, is I will tell kids to put their hands in their laps. Yes. And that way they can't be just a little bit more on that keyboard.
1: Yeah, and oftentimes what you want to do is go hands in the air, hands on laps. That way you can see all the hands that are away from the the keyboards, and you'll hear hear them go with their hands on the laps. Um... Another one that I've heard some people say is, can everyone be listening llamas? It's kind of cute. Works with the littlies a little better. Um, kind of a fun one to say. So just, that's, that might be a little suggestion for you guys. Um, and I know if you're a sports fan, uh, a lot of sports fan teachers will often go, and a hush fell over the crowd. And that's often the kid's cue to put their screens halfway and pay attention to the teacher.
0: Whatever you decide on, it needs to be practiced. Yes. And you sh- and do it randomly. Yeah. Be in the middle of your sentence in the middle of the lesson and then switch something all of a sudden so that the kids have to tune in again.
1: Yeah. So these are all different ways you can manage and kind of get kids to get attention again.
0: But basically, think before you get your devices out, when if you're thinking about using them, go through in your head all the different ways that your kids are going to get those out or put them away. Um, and figure out what kind of procedure and workflow is going to work best for your classroom.
1: And it should be constantly and consistently reinforced. Yes. If there's changes in it, make them aware of it. Make it a very transparent thing for them. Because if otherwise, it's not going to work.
0: Nope. And if you've got kids forgetting, maybe that means it's time to practice again.
1: Yep. Take a break from the actual work and reinforce the prep- procedures and practices.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for.